Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we're coming off yet another close, close win. But a win is a win, right? The Steelers are now 6-3. and three. The playoff chase has officially started. Where do the Steelers go from here? And where does Kenny Pickett rank amongst AFC quarterbacks? We're going to get into that and so much more today here on the Steelers Fix. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Andrew Wilbar alongside the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, how's it going today? It's going great. Uh, another victory, as you mentioned, six and three does feel good, even though obviously there are some things that could continue to be improved. I think you're seeing some growth out of the offense as a whole. I think you're seeing obviously this running game come to life. And you and I have talked about this before, as have most people, I'd say, that have followed the Matt Canada ex- experiment in, in Pittsburgh for a while. It, it you absolutely have to have a a running game for it to work even a, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, Kenny Pickett wasn't great on Sunday, um, but the running game did what it needed to do to open up the rest of the game. And they didn't. The Steelers didn't ask Kenny to do a lot in this game either. I mean, that was part of it as well. So uh, he's missing some open receivers, missing some reads still. But again, the the offense really. Um, set the tone early uh, and then the defense for all of their faults through the middle portions of the field between the twenties, they can still clamp down on you when it matters most in the red zone. They can still take the ball away when it counts. So it, it's, it's just a roller coaster ride every week, Andrew. And uh, I think it's going to stay that way for the rest of the season. And as simple as the game plan may have been, this was the first week that I can remember really this season that I actually felt as if the Steelers went in with an, with an offensive game plan, knowing that the Packers, they're not a good run defense at all. They haven't been the entire season, and it was evident yesterday. They are not a good run defense in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And the Steelers just went in, hey, we're going to exploit that. We're going to do whatever we can to run the football. And you saw the offensive line. You saw those guards moving people yesterday. Isaac oh, Sumalo in the running game had a fantastic game, definitely his best game in my opinion in black and gold so far. He was bullying people, pushing guys down, good five, seven yards down the field, just pushing them backward. He was all over the place. And uh, James Daniels had a good game as well. There just seems to be a little bit gaining continuity. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. It, it's taken some time, and and yes, the Steelers finally decided that they're just going to put their best five guys out there, but the yeah. continuity is starting to develop a tiny bit. You're starting to see the interior of the offensive line playing more together. They're moving at the same time. They're hitting their blocks at the same time, allowing things to open up at the perfect time for the running backs to actually be able to hit the hole. We're starting to see Najee Harris run with a little bit more power, which mm-hmm. is something – thing that we hadn't seen he's running with a little bit more punch we're actually seeing that open field speed which we knew he's had in him we just haven't seen it on display for a while and obviously Jalen Warren as well but let me ask you this 
moving forward, the Steelers have some difficult opponents coming up against teams that are much better against the run. Can the Steelers, what is the Steelers ceiling as it pertains to their yeah. rushing offense? Is this something that can be, I'm not saying the Steelers run for 200 yards every week, but can the Steelers, do the Steelers have a reliable running game now that they can bank on in weeks where Kenny Pickett is off like he was yesterday? Yeah, I'd say they do. And here's, Here's my reasoning behind it is that we, we've already seen them do it now against a really good run defense in Tennessee. The Titans came into the the Steelers game as, I believe, a top four defense against the run on, on the season. And uh, how you beat the Titans was you threw the ball well against them. And the Steelers flipped the script. They ran the ball well. Kenny Pickett made just enough plays, as is typical um, of him recently. And uh, I think that... You're starting to see, we saw it last year too, Andrew, week nine, week 10, um, around the Steelers bye week, that running game flipped a switch. And it coincides again this year with, to me, Najee Harris just realizing that sometimes he's going to get a, a one or two yard run. And that's okay. Uh, just run straight ahead and hit the hole that's supposed to be there. And if you get stopped for two, one or two yards on this play, um, you're going to bust one out for six, seven, eight, twelve. 12, uh, the next play, because you, you just gotta, you just gotta get on this offensive line before they have a chance to lose blocks. And that's, what's going on. This offensive line is winning quick. And by the time that defenders can, can get off blocks, the running backs are already by them. That's what's been working the last couple of weeks. That's how you got to keep doing it. So I just think for Najee Harris, taking a Jalen Warren approach where uh, if I get stuff for two yards on this play, at least I hit the hole with all my might and all my speed. And uh, then I'll, maybe I'll break a 25 yarder like I did earlier. Uh, like you saw Najee do. Um, and let me say this. I think uh, w- with as explosive as Warren has been, Najee is still the tone setter for the running game when he's running like that. And yes. that was on display against green Bay. So the, my other point I wanted to make about the running game is that a lot of people saying, you know, obviously I mentioned it as well. Um, the Matt Canada offense is supposed to be built off of the running game uh, and improving on, on that side. If the passing game is going to be as explosive as I think it could be with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, why aren't we using play action now that the running game is is working so so well? So to me, it's still a lack of cohesion on the offensive side of the ball from a scheme perspective, and I don't think Kenny Pickett's being taught how to read the field well either. So uh, there are plenty of issues still. Just because the running game has looked good in two weeks, Steelers fans, doesn't mean that Matt Canada needs to be back as the offensive coordinator in 2024, yes. and Kenny's the whole problem right now. There are more systemic issues to deal with. And that is how George Pickens can be loosed on one-on-one matchups down the field is the run game. If the run game can continue to flourish and you have teams bringing down a safety into the box to help defend the run. I mean, the Steelers are still a relatively one dimensional team, even when they can run the football, which is better than the zero dimensional team that they were just a few weeks ago. If this can continue, you're going to see some more one-on-one matchups with George Pickens down the field. And you've got to be able to win those yeah, If the Steelers can do that, they could potentially make some noise down the stretch. But we know, Jeremy, you can't be one-dimensional as you, you enter the playoffs. You're going to get exploited, regardless of whether you're a running yeah. team, passing team. you got to be able to do both 
at least a decent level. So the Steelers still have a ways to go if they want to make noise in the playoffs. But it's exciting to see the fact that they are learning how to win games. They're stepping up in the big moments, and you're seeing the young guys contributing as well as the big free agent additions. One thing uh, I do want to mention, I believe it was announced that Kwan Alexander tore his ACL. Has that been made official? Tore his Achilles, actually. And yes, Achilles, that, okay. Yeah, that has been made official. He he should be placed on IR. He probably will be by the time this runs on Tuesday um, or shortly thereafter. But the Steelers will have to make a move at inside linebacker, whether that's calling up somebody from their practice squad or bringing in a free agent, whoever's left of the free agent crop uh, off the couch. We will see. But, yes, uh, Quan Alexander, uh, the latest Steelers inside linebacker to uh, be – be done for the year because of an injury. Yeah. So I am, when it, when it comes to the team as a whole, what do you think is the most, the the issue that can be most easily improved that could take this team to the next level? And we're going to find out in the next few weeks, how legitimate this team is as they have some big divisional divisional games coming up this week against the Browns. And you have some bigger games coming up. What is the issue most prevalent with the team that you think can be fixed? We're talking about a lot. We've talked a lot about issues that we don't think really can be fixed as it pertains to Matt Canada, the offense as a whole. What is something that you think can be fixed that is wrong with the Steelers right now that could allow the team to be a little bit more dangerous down the stretch moving forward as we get closer to the playoffs? Well, the easiest thing for me is the one that we talk about all the time, and that's feature George Pickens as the wide receiver one. And uh, Deontay Johnson was held in check yesterday, but the Steelers kept throwing the ball his way. And uh, it it really seemed like they still were trying to scheme him up as, as, as the one. And so that's the easiest thing to change. But like, as far as just an execution standpoint, Kenny Pickett just, has to read the field better he has to uh, i don't know why but it seems like when you're looking at at most plays the steelers run that end up in an incomplete pass kenny begins by looking to the wrong side of the field uh, opposite from where the open players are are coming open and it's like it's almost like that the Kenny Pickett is looking to what is setting up the concept first as opposed as opposed to the the actual concept of where we're trying to get routes and um I mean there are open receivers in the middle of the field that you never see a a an, a pass to on the on the passing charts um but Kenny's just he's just passing on those opportunities and throwing to the outside uh so there there's there's just some issues, uh, obviously, uh, all around with this passing game. But to me, the biggest thing is is get George Pickens playing or schemed up as your number one receiver, and then Kenny just go out there and hit the layups, man. And if you start hitting the layups, then you're you're gonna probably pass for between 220, 250 a game and get a couple touchdowns. And because there's layups to be had that are not being had, everything is hard. And I think to me that's more on the execution of the offense from Kenny Pickett than it is uh, on Matt Canada. Although obviously a lot of the issues still stem from uh, the system. 100% on defense. One thing that I will say is just continuing to tighten up the coverage in the secondary is the Steelers are bringing in a lot of guys trying to piece some things together specifically at safety, but even at cornerback as well, just uh, with the changes they made on the depth chart, 
they've got to find a way to tighten up this coverage. You still saw the Steelers mm-hmm. get gashed for several big plays over the middle of the field yesterday. Yes. They've got to be able to tighten up this coverage. Yes, they are coming up with stops in the red zone. I know that's that is the most important portion of the field to have a clutch defense. But Jeremy, when Joey Porter Jr. is out there and Patrick Peterson is faced in a favorable matchup, this team has to be able to play more man defense. And yeah. I, I don't know who that is on. It, and I don't like to beat a dead horse with the Mike Tomlin, you know, over Terrell Austin thing. I don't want to just give Terrell Austin a pass. But it doesn't take much to know that when you go back to Terrell Austin's time with the Lions and even with the Bengals when he didn't have the greatest defense and when the Lions, when he had an overperforming defense, they played more man coverage than what they're yeah. playing now. It's not like Terrell, this is t- the same defense Terrell Austin's had. So someone is determining outside of Terrell Austin, I've got to imagine Mike Tomlin still having to say in this defense and the type of coverages they're playing because this is not a Terrell Austin defense. This is a totally different type of defense than what he's had in the past. And there's some good things that have happened. There's some good things this defense is doing that other defense Terrell Austin has had and things in his scheme that may not have worked as well. But overall, the Steelers still have to be able to get back to playing some physical man coverage in the middle portions of the field. Then you don't have to worry about being clutched in the red zone. The Steelers have the capability to play tighter coverage. I think that would allow for maybe you get gashed for one big play a game because of a little bit over aggressiveness. But I'll take that over allowing teams to consistently get down the field and get into the red zone because you can't play catch up with this with this current offense. The Steelers yeah. got lucky being able to get some takeaways in the red zone. That's not you can't bank on that every single week. And once it comes yeah. to playoff time, if the Steelers are only going to be able to run the ball, if you want any chance at all, you got to be able to get punts, not just field goals and takeaways, lucky takeaways in the red zone. You got to be able to just come up with key stops, key three and outs, and help keep that defense fresh as the weeks yeah. go by. I'll say this: it's it's really strange because, um, according to StatMuse.com. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I thought this was the case, Pittsburgh Steelers play man coverage the eighth most in the NFL, um, which is, you know, uh, I think what stands out is the, the fact that it seems like all the big plays for opposing offenses are happening in zone coverage. And so, like, I think to what your point is, the Steelers, as much as they're playing man coverage, eighth most in the NFL, they could play more. They could maybe be a top three man coverage team yeah. um, and improve their stock. And I think, Andrew, the real issue in zone coverage right now is this safety group. It yeah. is. It is bad. I know yep. the two safeties came away with picks in the end zone, but that's more about other people doing their jobs than, exactly. than them doing their jobs. So, um, you know, they're just lurking back there waiting for easy picks when the when the game is like uh, you've got to complete this or for a touchdown or it's over. So uh, I think, obviously, thank, thanks for making the play, guys, but can you do a little more for us throughout the game mm-hmm. so we don't end up in that situation? Um, and, and so Minka Fitzpatrick, if he can come back against the Browns this week, oh, my goodness, that's going to be a huge sigh of relief for the Steelers secondary yeah. because think of how rough it was even with him in the lineup, still having to rely on uh, Keanu Neal and, and DeMonte KZ on the back end. It's been it's been nightmarish for the Steelers um, having to rely on just those guys without Minka in there. A lot of that, that coverage, the man coverage, the, it's a lot of off man as well. Very 
conservative man defense where the corners are still playing off the line. The biggest thing, I guess, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's a zone or a man, it needs to be a, the Steelers need to play a little bit more press. They have longer corners on the outside now. That gives you the ability to press off the line. And you have ball hawk safeties. They don't have to be great in coverage when you're playing press. They just have to be able to be able to cover if they pass a certain point on the field. They don't have to cover press that blitz, much ground. It just seems to make yeah. sense with the personnel the Steelers have, and we say that every year, but nothing ever changes. We'll see if Steelers make any adjustments coming down the line, but regardless, Mika Fitzpatrick would be quite the addition going into next week. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get into the topic of today's show. Where does Kenny Pickett rank amongst AFC quarterbacks moving forward for the remainder of this season? You won't want to go anywhere. The Steelers Fix will be right back after this. Russell Wilson is starting to slowly look like the quarterback we were accustomed to seeing in, in Seattle. This may be a little bit high for him, but it just occurred to me how clutch he truly has been the past couple weeks. Yeah. And if Denver can come out on top in this game against Buffalo, I think I think Denver is a team that now all of a sudden you don't necessarily want to play coming down the stretch because we know how clutch Russell Wilson is when he has to create something on his own. He hasn't been that guy for a while, but – Sean Payton is starting to give him more independence in this offense, allowing him to make decisions on his own. And I think you're starting to see that continuity come into play with guys like Cortland Sutton, who's had his share of injuries and guys like that. I I could have gone with Herbert. I could have gone with Lamar, but we know Lamar's not the greatest in the postseason, and Justin Herbert's still not the most clutch quarterback. So if you're looking for clutch down the stretch, Russell Wilson, I, I never would have thought I would have said this at the beginning of the year. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson here. Maybe a stretch. Yeah. But I'm going to go with uh, Russell Wilson because he's okay. playing good enough right now. Way to shake things up. I mean, I like it. D- don't go chalk, Andrew Wilbar. You do you, man. <laughs> um, It's – okay, that was number seven? seven? Seven. Okay, this is crazy. Justin Herbert's still here at number eight. I mean, seriously, this is crazy. But uh, he, he has been off this year a little bit, uh, and their team is off too um they just can't finish games and as good as he is in the first three quarters he is not that guy in the fourth quarter recently especially this year and so but the arm talent is off the charts the throws are off the charts um i think he needs some more help than keenan allen um they don't really have a a good tight end there in in uh in la they they don't I mean, Mike Williams is their number two receiver, but he's he's out obviously with an injury. And they didn't do the best job of of getting somebody in behind him who could fill his shoes. They tried with Quentin Johnston, but he was raw coming out of college. Uh, I thought he was overdrafted personally. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I think you felt that way as well. Um, but still, I I think Herbert talent wise, he's up there with the top three as far as just raw skill set but he's just not playing right now like a top three quarterback in the league. And, um, you know, if if Chargers fans were listening to this, they'd be all over us 
like, as my granddad would say, ducks on a June bug. Uh, but they, you know, that he just hasn't been that guy this year. So I'm going to take him here at number eight. I feel like I'm stealing a little bit uh, for a guy with this much upside, but I'll take him here at number eight. If the Steelers and Chargers could have made a trade at the deadline, Deontay Johnson for a second round pick and maybe another day three pick, I think it would have been a great move for both sides. Justin Herbert needs a route running finesse type receiver that can create separation underneath. That's something that he does not have. They all of, all of the Chargers wide receivers are all the same. They're all big bodies <laughs> that are possession yeah. guys. They've it's been that way his entire career. The Chargers need to invest in someone a true slot type guy or a Deontay Johnson who plays on the outside but has the build of a slot who is a good route runner, someone who can win underneath. None of the receivers can win underneath and create separation. I think that's an issue for a guy like Herbert who has an arm, but when he's off, he needs someone who can make things happen in the open space and just take a little check down underneath. Because yeah. you feel it feels as if when you watch Herbert that he's always trying to press the ball downfield, and part of the could be because they don't have a bunch of guys underneath who can create. And I think yeah. that's what the Chargers could have done. Could you imagine the Chargers if they had Tank Dell right now? Oh, I think man. this offense yeah. is totally different. They just they got Jalen Jalen Guyton back, who kind of filled that role this last week, and he looked pretty good in it. But yeah, a Tank Dell type player, absolutely. They need like the dream. Like that. Yeah, the dream scenario. Like so, imagine this wide receiver core. You've got your your true X in Mike Williams if he could ever stay on the field, right? Your vertical big X receiver. To me, Keenan Allen's natural position is that Juju Smith-Schuster possession slot receiver, big slot receiver. And if he had the chance to kind of play that position, naturally I think that he's having a phenomenal season, don't get me wrong, but I think that's his more natural position. And then you get the route runner extraordinaire like Deontay Johnson on the outside. That's an offense to be reckoned with for sure. Um, Herbert just doesn't have the pieces. But uh, again, raw talent-wise, he deserves to be up there with the top three or four quarterbacks in the AFC, it's just not all coming together for him this year. At number nine, I'm going to go with Lamar. Yeah, this because is way he's too there. Lamar. <laughs> I mean, but I don't trust him when it comes to playoff time. I don't trust him as a quarterback in general. He's a he's a playmaker that plays the quarterback position. But you even see this year, even with Zay Flowers, I mean, Zay Flowers started off really hot, and he's a good receiver. But Lamar Jackson sometimes still struggles to get him the football in the open space. He's missed him sometimes downfield. He's not. Nothing has really changed with Lamar Jackson. He's the same player he's always been. And we saw that the Ravens are going to have some issues down the stretch, just like we saw on Sunday as the Browns were able to work their way back into the game. Lamar can't make things happen with his arm in clutch situations, that's going to hinder this team. And it really caps the upside of the Ravens going forward. They can run the ball all they want. But again, it's just like the Steelers, one-dimensional. you got to be able to do both if you want to beat the elite teams. And I don't think the Ravens can do that with Lamar Jackson. Thus, that's why he's all the way down at nine, despite how electric he is as a playmaker. you got to be able to finish. And Lamar just doesn't finish right now. He's he's a stats monster. He's a – he's – that's why – that's why the media loves him, in my opinion, is that uh, he, he can he does everything you wish your quarterback could do until it counts. And then he throws tip ball interceptions and um, gets hurt or fumbles the ball in the red zone. You know, it, it's just it's got to be frustrating. Uh, I know some Ravens fans, obviously, as a Steelers fan, 
um, the, the, the rivals come out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I know some Ravens fans and uh, they think he's, they think he underperforms under delivers in the, in the clutch moments. And uh, you know, that that's rough if you're if you're a Ravens fan because otherwise Lamar just he's got the skill sets you want he's got a big arm I think he can make all the throws he just doesn't make throws and that's that's an issue so 100 so where are we even at so you're up right this would be number yeah, 10 this will be 10 10 out of 16 we gotta work our way through these guys um let's see here I'm gonna go I'm going to go Deshaun Watson here. Um, I agree. I think he's got the highest upside of the remaining guys, and I think he's starting to play better football, which should be scary for the rest of the AFC because this Browns team has a lot of good pieces on both sides of the ball. That defense, I know they just gave up 31 points to the Ravens, but division matchup, strange game. Uh, I'd expect the defense to, to come back to us a little bit here over the coming weeks. I, I like Deshaun here, um, slightly above the next tier of guys. And I'm very curious to see who you'll go with here next. I I was going to ask you the same thing. Cause I'm, I'm very torn here. And I think, yeah. you know, the two people that I'm torn in between. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I would think say, you're positive. let's see here. You know, which two I'm going in between right now. Well, I, I know one of them here. I, I would say, uh, one of them's Kenny, right? No, no. Oh no, I'm totally off. Not there. Kenny Pickett. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, surprise me then. What you got? I'm gonna go with Will Levis here. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna <laughs> you, go with you. Will- about to break Steelers fans uh, in pieces here. Look at look at Breaking the tape. Their brains. out and look at the tape. Kenny Pickett's but okay. If if Kenny Pickett is in Tennessee's offense, which we were all ragging when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. Do we think that Kenny Pickett would be better than he may be a little bit better than Ryan Tannehill in that offense, but I wouldn't say leaps and bounds better. We've seen what Will Levis. I know it's, I know it's a small sample size, but we're already seeing his ability to put the ball. Those are windows. Kenny Pickett is not hitting right now. Yeah. I mean, the, he he does make more uh, arm talent throws. You know, uh, you can see the natural ability there. <laughs> uh, would you have had Will Levis ranked higher than Kenny Pickett if they came out in the same draft year? Or would you have had Kenny Pickett higher? I'd have to go back and look at my grades of who I had higher, actually. I They were pretty identical in grade, if I remember. right. Arm talent-wise, though, Levis would have been up there, right? Levis would have had it. Both of them, I think, had I had... I think I would have given the slight edge to Kenny Pickett because I think I had a late first on Pickett and I had an early second on Will Levis, if I remember correctly. I, yeah. I could be wrong on that, but I, if close. I remember correctly, I think I, had, I think I had a late first on Pickett and an early second on Levis. So I would have given the slight edge to Pickett. I'm not saying moving forward. So Steelers fans, don't take this out of context where I'm, I'm saying that I think Kenny Pickett is always going to be inferior to Will Levis. I'm just saying right now, based upon the way they're playing, moving forward for the remainder of this season – I would rather have Will Levis running the Steelers offense than Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett can still be the quarterback for the Steelers moving forward. I'm, I haven't given up on Kenny Pickett. It's just right now he's struggling. He's in his sophomore slump and a lot of it has to do with the offensive scheme, but not all of it. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, 
He's not finding people. He's not going through his reads. Even on that one dump pass that he, when he tried to get on to Jalen Warren, uh, I believe it was in the third or fourth quarter, he looked him down the entire way, and the Devondre Campbell was right on him. That play should have been picked off. But he's he's yeah. just not seen defenders. He's just staying on one read too easily. As a lot of the issues he had in his second and third years at Pitt that he got out of his final season when he was at Pittsburgh. He was good his freshman year when he first came in. But once teams found out about him, you know, it, it took him a while until he finally was able to get off that. He's going back to some of his old bad habits that he had in his bad years of college. And that's why I'm a little bit lower on him right now. I think he'll be fine. But right now, I think Will Levis is playing better than Kenny Pickett, and that's why I have him slightly ahead. I think Will Levis has more upside down the road, but I, I'm taking Kenny Pickett right now. Um, I would take him over Levis. So Kenny Pickett would have been my guy right after Deshaun Watson. I would have taken him uh, there at, at 11-ish. and But 12, I mean, still, you, you've got uh, – and you weren't even going to take pick it next right you, no. it would have been o'connell for you i guess it would have been o'connell no okay see that's just nuts <laughs> that's crazy we've seen all of 20 passes from aiden o'connell we've seen all 20 passes you but can't... we haven't seen any reason as to why he's not gonna, i mean he, the man uh, we haven't seen any reason as to why he's any good either i i don't know If you want to go exclusively by draft grade, yes, I and I are great on Pickett. But if you're talking about the overall upside, the the overall relative grade compared to where everyone else had them and compared to where everyone else had Pickett, I am confident that Aiden O'Connell, now that even if we've seen just a little bit, we've seen now that Josh McDaniels is gone, we've seen that this team is playing freely now. They're playing with not like as if their backs are against the wall. They're just playing freely like they've got nothing to lose. We saw Aiden O'Connell. He was decisive. He's mature. This is this, Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback. He's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for years to come. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has right now upside of, and Minshew, Gardner Minshew type level player. That's that's I think that's he has my assessment of it. Or like a Kirk Cousins. Okay, no, no, no. Kirk Cousins the is the Lions. top five quarterback in this league right now. Well, well, Jared Goff. A lot of that is because of the running game that he has, and he has the best offensive line in the league. I'm not. I I, I think if you take if you just look at Jared Goff still overall, I think he's still a mid quarterback at best. He just has a great team. The Lions are a great football team on paper and Jared Goff's doing what he needs to do. He's doing his job well yeah. and they're fine, and they're <laughs> winning. But I think yeah, Aiden I, O'Connell's I, capable of being that type of quarterback. Jared Goff's still not an elite quarterback. Okay. But Kenny Pickett has the capability of being more than Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I think, I think he has the, has the potential in, in the right offense of, of at least a Jared Goff, you know, uh, and maybe more so just because he's got, I mean, if you're talking maturity level uh, in how he plays, Kenny Pickett has maturity by leaps and bounds. I mean, that's why fourth quarter Kenny is is great. I I think any comparable stat between Aiden O'Connell and as far as projection goes and Kenny Pickett, you got to give the edge to Kenny Pickett right now. And I know he's not playing to his upside, but again, to me, the handicap here is that this offense does not set him up for anything good. And uh, one thing you can't say about Josh McDaniels is is that he 
has had bad offenses over the course of his tenure as a coach. I mean, he's not a good head coach, but the guy knows knows offense. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I take Kenny Pickett a hundred times out of a hundred uh, in the sample sizes we've seen so far of, of these two players and moving forward this season. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Steelers Nation. I don't. I'm not meaning to break your hearts, and this is not an anti Kenny moment. We got to have some disagreement, though. We agreed just yeah, about exclusively yeah. on the entire top 10. So I like this that we actually have yeah, something different is... here that we're providing. Yeah, We'll see what happens. We'll okay, see what so happens. Okay, so I took Kenny. You took uh, O'Connell. Yep. You took Aiden O'Connell. I, I'm going to go with – okay, so that was – I'm going to go with – okay, I'm going to go with Gardner Minshew here yep. uh, over the last two guys who are – maybe the worst two quarterbacks in the league. Yes. Uh, Gardner Minshew here uh, makes just enough plays for them to be competitive. Uh, not going to, not going to be flashy at all. He's the definition to me of backup who can win you a few games. If the starter goes out for mm-hmm. an extended period of time can keep you in the mix until your starter comes back. I don't see the Colts being in the mix the whole rest of the season without their starter. Uh, and with Minshew under center, but, uh, he's at least serviceable and at his best has probably played better than Kenny Pickett or Aiden O'Connell um, this season. I just projecting out over the whole season. I like the upside of both Kenny Pickett and O'Connell over Minshew. That's where I go. 100%. I'm going to go with Zach Wilson here at 15. Okay. So I, when you look at Mac yeah. Jones, he's Jones is... <laughs> he's just bad. He's yeah. not good. He's not a good quarterback, and he has a little bit more to work with than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has a better number one receiver, and he has the the Jets are kind of a top heavy offense, but New England has more completeness, especially along the offensive line. And Mac Jones just he can't do anything right at this point. I don't know why they have not done something, whether it be Zappy or Cunningham. You got to switch something up. Mac Jones is not the answer in yeah. New England. I don't think Mac Jones is starting for them moving forward for okay. too much longer, if if at all. But um, Bailey Zappi isn't any better. Uh, I wouldn't say like right now. Uh, I mean he he has looked in in his spots spot play this year. He's looked absolutely lost too. But um, maybe with some more consistency, he looks a little bit better. Uh, I just think that New England whole New England team is a dumpster fire, Andrew. And I don't think I thought I would ever say that in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So I mean, do we agree Ooh. that Mac Jones finishes 16? Yes, 100%. I would take Zach Wilson over Mac Jones at this point. Although that's like saying I would take a, uh, I would take a rotten orange over a <laughs> rotten apple. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just that they, neither one is it. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's quite a way to add to show, isn't it? Rotten apples, it is. rotten oranges. Yeah, uh, and uh, let me let me say this too. Now, for me, Kenny Pickett is a good solid tier or two above Mac Jones and and uh, Zach Wilson. Yes. right now, I think he, I think he makes more plays and obviously that his clutch ability when the game is on the line is far i mean that's maybe top five in the afc you know what i'm talking about the the, his ability to come up big in big moments that's that's his obvious strength so i'm gonna say he's a tier or two above o'connell Minshew, uh 
Wilson and, and Jones, in my opinion. I uh, That's where I see him. I think there's a sharp, drastic drop-off between Kenny Pickett and the last four or five guys on this list. 100%. That's – wow. I'm just th- rethinking that Aiden O'Connell and Kenny Pickett. We're we're – we're gonna be. We're gonna have to revisit this at some point. We'll I mean, revisit it at the end of the year. We'll revisit it. Obviously, talking about what the Steelers need to do at different positions, but we can we can talk through this again. Uh, absolutely, by the end of the year, we'll see kind of where we we came out on this. We'll see what happens, Jeremy. What do you have coming up on SteelCurtainNetwork.com? Um. Well, I've been doing a lot of stuff for. Uh, the fans first sports.com right now um, a little bit less on Steelers uh, or excuse me, steel curtain network.com. Uh, so I've got my fantasy articles that run Tuesday, Thursday, the podcast that goes along with that on Tuesday, Thursday, check that out. And then I've got the power rankings. They should be out on Wednesday and uh, you can check all that out there. The Steelers hanging around that 11, 12 spot uh, because they just keep winning for some reason. And, uh, They'll probably be around that spot again. We'll see. Tune in. Be sure to tune in and check out, as we talked about, at steelcurtainnetwork.com, fansfirstsports.com. Follow us at FFSN underscore NFL for the Fans First NFL page. Follow us at Fans First SN for our normal Fans First page. Follow Jeremy at the Bets 93 and anywhere else that you can find Jeremy or anyone at Steel Curtain Network. Follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube. Get notifications for the live YouTube shows. You don't want to miss any of those as well. As well as all our, as well as all of our other audio-only shows that you can listen probably wherever you're listening to this show right now. So thank you all for listening. It was a fun show. It was a long show, but we appreciate you for sticking around. We will see you once again next week on another episode of The Steelers Fix.